Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another edition of the Giants Beat Podcast. As always, alongside Alex Evans, I'm Scott Thompson. This is the Week 15 review show of yet another Giants win. Yes, the G-Men are in double-digit wins now as they sit 10-4, first time in double digits since 2010. After another exciting home win over the Detroit Lions, 17-6. to Overall, wasn't really anything that exciting at MetLife Stadium yesterday afternoon, but either way, you know, the Giants got the job done, set themselves up in an even better spot for a playoff berth. All they need is one more victory in the coming weeks, but we'll talk about that later. As always, Alex and I will review this win first, and let's start right off with what went right on the offense, and we've got to start with quarterback Eli Manning. He's been in our what went wrong segment in the past couple of weeks, but this week he showed up. He didn't explode off the stat sheet at all, but he certainly got the job done. 20 of 28 attempts, 201 yards, no interceptions. That's his biggest stat there. He had two touchdowns as well, one to Sterling Shepard, one to Odell Beckham Jr. And one of the biggest stats also, his quarterback rating was 115.3 compared to about 74% average in the last two games. So I'm going to bring in my co-host Alex Evans. Alex what do you make of Eli Manning's mistake-free performance yesterday? Well, well, I was very impressed and encouraged by it. I, I believe he was 11 for 11 to start the game, which was a, or would have been a, be a personal record for him. And I was just excited to see him take care of the ball. Again, he threw for over 200 yards for the first time in three games. And his passes seemed to have a little more zip than they've had all season. And he made a couple of very accurate passes, uh, one to Victor Cruz on a third down for a 29-yard gain. And he put it where in a spot where Cruz where only Cruz could get it. So overall, I thought it was a great bounce-back performance, and it quelled all concerns, in my opinion, about play digressing and him not being the same quarterback and just, you know, his age starting to get to him. Yeah, I said he was playing very smart with the ball yesterday, and you talk about those crucial throws. He made a big one to Odell Beckham Jr., where only he could have gotten it. He kind of slipped it in between the safety and the corner. Um, That was on a big third and long play as well. But, Alex, you know, it, numbers, like I said, they don't jump off the stat sheet, and they aren't really, you know, the Eli Manning numbers we've seen in the last two years. Was this performance enough for you, though? You know, will it work in the coming weeks? And if, you know, the Giants are going to make the playoffs? I think as long as the defense continues to play as well as they've been playing, I think this performance is good enough to carry the Giants. He took care of the ball, which is even more important. That's you know, turnovers are even more magnified in the playoffs than in the regular season. So I think as long as he limits the turnovers and has, you know, a healthy Odell Beckham Jr. to throw to, the giant offense should be fine come playoff time. And is there anything yesterday from him? Because, like we said, it was basically mistake-free. You didn't hear his name much in bad tone from Joe Buck or Troy Aikman. Is there anything that you could have picked out yesterday that you maybe would like to see better um, on Thursday against the Eagles? Um, nothing that really jumped out to me. I thought, you know, I think we'll talk about it later, but he was spreading the ball around. He, he, you know, he was, he was, he wasn't making a lot of mistakes. I think his offensive line, his pass protection was a little better than it has been. So he didn't have to, you know, hurry a lot of throws and force a lot of throws. So what I saw from him was good. And I think as long as his name doesn't get mentioned, you know, in in a bad tone or anything like that, I think that's a win for the Giants. So as long as he takes care of the ball like he did yesterday, you know, I, I, and as long as the defense again plays well, I think, that's a formula that uh, lead the Giants to possibly a Super Bowl run. 
Well, absolutely. You know, you talk about those offensive weapons. He was spreading the ball around. Once again, getting it, you know, sharing sharing the sugar, and it worked. As the Giants set themselves up on some pretty good drives. Uh, seven players saw targets, six of them making at least one catch. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. obviously getting most of the work, as he usually does. He got eight targets. Uh, Alex, we see Shepard being targeted in the end zone yet again, um, also on third down as well. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. obviously being Odell with that ridiculous catch. We'll probably talk about that one later. Um, but what did you like about everyone getting involved yesterday? Because it was, in my opinion, very smart on Eli Manning in you know picking out his targets, not trying to force anything. Exactly. It was a very smart move. And it just it seemed to keep Detroit secondary on their heels and on their toes the whole game, which is what I liked about it, you know, by spreading the ball out to Shepard, who had a big, had some big third down catches, Cruz, Will Ty, and others. The defense just couldn't key in on shutting down Odell, which um, had really been hurting them the past few games. Um, and that, that uh, really benefited the Giants' offense yesterday. Yeah, I liked what I saw especially in, in spreading the ball out. Let, let's take a look at the numbers. You know, Odo Beckham had six catches on eight targets. Sterling Shepard, four catches, one of them being that touchdown for 56 yards. He had five targets. He hit Will Ty with a perfect four for four. So I like that you can look kind of at the stat sheet if you didn't watch the game and say, okay, Eli Manning had some smart throws, picked it out, made sure he got it to his guys instead of trying to force anything. We don't see a lot of drops here. You know, the only guy that went 50%, I believe, in his targets with Shane Vereen. He had four targets and two receptions. So that's always a good thing to see on the offensive side of the ball. But let's talk about the ground game. Yes, the ground game is in what went right this week, specifically Paul Perkins. Alex, you like Paul Perkins a lot, and I think I was impressed with his play yesterday. He had 11 carries for 56 yards. Again, something that doesn't jump off the stat sheet, but he averaged about five yards a carry, which is something that Le'Veon Bell's doing. Obviously, he's getting more workload. Ezekiel Elliott's averaging about five yards a carry. He's getting more workload. We didn't see much from Rashad Jennings. He had 18 carries for 38 yards. But Paul Perkins showed out. He showed his elusiveness, showed that he can pick up those big yards. So going forward, do you think Paul Perkins should be getting more touches given his production? I definitely think he should. You know, Not only has he been more effective over the past few weeks than Jennings, but his speed and elusiveness, it's just something that um, Jennings lacks, lacks. And Perkins has the ability to hit holes quickly, and also to change direction when holes close down. And, you know, that's something that happens often with the Giants' offensive line and how poor they play. So I think just Perkins' ability to kind of adapt um, on the fly makes him um, a more valuable asset than Jennings at this point. But do you see Ben McAdoo, you know, taking that change? Obviously, McAdoo's saying before the season, during the season, Jennings is our guy. He's our back. And you saw it yesterday. He got, you know, seven more carries than Paul Perkins. But especially come playoff time, obviously having a, a rookie running back that isn't named Ezekiel Elliott could be, you know, something that is detrimental to your team. But the way Paul Perkins is playing, I mean, it, it could be saying otherwise. Do you really see Ben McAdoo maybe making that change if the Giants were to make the playoffs and they need as many yards as they could possibly get? You know, I don't know if he would, you know, officially come out and say that, okay, Perkins is our number one back now. But I think that we would see, you know, in the, in the stat sheets, so, you know, box score, I think, we would see Perkins getting maybe not a ton of more carries than Jennings, but a noticeable amount, you know, maybe five or six more. Um, but I don't see McAdoo really making that official announcement because he's pretty loyal to his guys. And, you know, Jennings can still be valuable in some assets, you know, in some short yardage situations and things like that because Perkins is a rookie and, you know, it's a whole different ball game once you get to the playoffs, especially for a rookie. Very true, very true. 
Now to move on in our what went right segment, and let's talk about the fact that no turnovers for the offense yesterday. Um, that's always a good sight to see, with the exception of Shane Vereen's almost fumble in the end zone. Uh, Manning was smart with the ball, as we said, and everyone was being protective of the pigskin. So, Alex, you know, the Giants, do you think that they can keep up this trend? Because it usually seems that there is sometimes a, a crucial turnover as the weeks go on. There's always that one fumble or that one interception, that one fourth down um, lack of conversion that the Giants seem to do and make the game interesting. Do you think that the Giants can keep this trend of no turnovers um, going? I, I, I really think they can. I think for Eli, as long as he keeps spreading the ball around, he finds usually when he starts targeting Odell on every other play, that's when he forces throws and that results in interceptions. Mm-hmm. And then for the running backs, I think they just have to, you know, focus on their fundamentals of covering the ball up and, you know, keeping that ball secure. And as long as they both do that and, you know, stick to the little things and the fundamentals, I think they should be good to go for the playoffs. I think that um, they're kind of, you know, I, I don't know if they're, they're they're starting to hit their stride now in terms of everything, and I think it's just perfect uh, that they're starting to, you know, figure everything out so close to the playoffs because we've seen in the past that, you know, all they need to do is get hot going in and they can really make things interesting. Yeah, it's, it's always bad to see, you know, the, the team beat yourself. We said it about the Giants in the past years, maybe in a couple of games this season as well. But it's good to see that no turnovers on the board. And, you know, that's when you let the other team beat you, if, if anything. But always good to see no interceptions, no fumbles on the Giants' side. Let's move on to the defense. And, obviously, another stellar game for them all around. And it starts with the six total points that the Lions put up on the board. They allowed six points, and they were dominant in the red zone. Matt Stafford, 0-3 in the end zone. They went into the end zone the first time. They got a big play to Gold Tate after that bomb. Looked like it was going to be a TD, but DRC got back, tackled him. And then Zach Zenner with a big, big mishap in the red zone, fumbling the ball after Leon Hall hit, and the Giants ultimately got that one for a touchback. Alex, the defense led up 324 total yards, but, you know, obviously only the ball matters when it crosses that pylon, and they didn't let it happen. What did you think of that red zone D yesterday? Well, it was fantastic. They really they really banned down the hatches down there, and they tightened up their coverage, which made it difficult for Stafford to find the end zone. Uh, without Theo Riddick in the game, who's a talented back for Detroit and a threat out of the backfield as a receiver, the Giants, they were really able to focus on Golden Tate and Eric Ebron. And they did a great job of shutting them down, and while the D-line was able to you know, put pressure on Stafford and contain him, and Stafford, you know, he's he's – Shown some mobility near the um, if you get him near the goal line, he's he's rushed for a couple of touchdowns this year himself when the pocket collapses. But um, and again they let him get his, his fair share of yards as you said, but um, they didn't um let him do too much damage. So it's kind of that mentality, and um, you have to be excited if you're a Giant fan for what this defense has shown us the past couple of weeks, and especially in the red zone where it really counts. Well, I mean, does it make you a little bit nervous that you know Golden Tate had those eight catches for 122 yards? I mean, granted, he did have that 67-yard catch, but does that make you nervous at all because of that red zone D and how easy it is? Like, you, are, are you sure you can just let up those big plays and, you know, hope that the Giants D can shut them down near the goal line? Well, of course, those big plays are less than ideal, obviously, but I think, you know, Golden Tate is a good receiver. He's one of those guys that's going to, you know, get his fair share of catches, especially with a talented quarterback as Matthew Stafford is. Um. There, it's definitely a little bit of a cause for concern, 
But you know, I, I, have, I have faith in this secondary. They're one of the best secondaries, if not the best in the in the National Football League. And um, I think that as well, even if they do let up these plays, they've shown um, the entire season that you know when it really matters, they can you know at least you know stop a team from putting six points on the board, if, and you know they can uh, force teams to settle for field goals. So I'm not too concerned about it. It is, it's you know it's an issue, but I think just it's part of the game of football teams are going to, you know, if they have good players on offense, they're going to, you know, make big plays. It's it's impossible to stop every single one. Exactly. And Matt Stafford obviously throwing about 40 times a game usually, and he did it yesterday, 39 to be exact. You know, it's, you're obviously going to have those breakout plays. So, like you said, I don't mind it. It has happened, you know, during the season. Terrell Pryor had a good game against the, the Giants. And we, we saw big plays being made, but they make the stops at the end of the day. And that's all that matters. The Giants have allowed 13 total points in the last two games, one lone touchdown to the Cowboys who were averaging about 28 points a game, and then only six points, two field goals allowed to the Lions, whose offense has been red hot. They've been scoring about 21 points a game. So, Alex, why do you think offenses just can't put up these points against the Giants' defense? Well, I just think it's the fact that this whole unit is really clicking on all cylinders and the fact that they, they, they create turnovers. The secondary has locked down good receivers in Golden Tate, Eric Ebron, and Des Bryant over the past two games. And the defensive line has really put a lot of pressure on Stafford and Dak Prescott up last week. And they've really made them, who are two really great quarterbacks, they've made them look somewhat pedestrian uh, the two times they've played. And I just think that um, in terms of the turnovers, they've – had at least one interception, one forced fumble in each of the past three weeks. So I think that the turnovers have been key in, you know, keeping the ball out of the hands of these two great quarterbacks um, that they faced the past two weeks, and have really just set the tone for this defense. Absolutely. That was, let's talk about that d- defensive line now. I mean, Matt Stafford has been great against pressure, especially the blitz this season. His stats are off the charts, but the front four contained Stafford while also hurting him. So that balance was there. And it made Stafford make some quick throws. As expected, he threw a lot, like we said, 39 to be exact. But he had to rush, and he was sacked once as well. Alex, even when the matchup isn't favored for the Giants' D-line, it seems that they always defy the odds and continue to put pressure on quarterbacks. Do you think that this defensive line has even hit their stride yet? I think... Either they've hit it or they're very close to it. And, you know, it couldn't come at a better time now with the playoffs being such, you know, a short um, time period away. We've seen with past giant teams that all they really need to do is get high as a defense and a defensive line in general in order to make a run at the Super Bowl at this time. And I think that's exactly what's happening. I've just been impressed with, you know, Kerry Wynn and Romeo Okwara really filling in and doing a nice job for JPP. And, you know, as a result, I don't think the D-line has skipped a a beat, and I think they're just as good as they were before JPP went down. Yeah, I mean, this defensive line did a great job yesterday. You saw Olivier Vernon, and I believe it was either Harrison or Hankins that got half. It was Jonathan Hankins and Olivier Vernon getting half a sack each on Matt Stafford on that lone sack. But like you said, that defensive line sets up the rest of this defense, and – the defense could possibly be the best in the NFC. I mean, experts and fans alike keep praising this Giants defense and how they get better by the week. So, Alex, obviously the Seattle Seahawks are the second best in points allowed, just about a point and a little bit over the Giants. They did a great job this season, but all the talks about the Giants, do you think that the Giants are the best defense in the NFC right now? 
Well, after seeing Tampa Bay's defense struggle against Dallas last night and Kansas City's defense struggle against Tennessee yesterday afternoon, I think that, you know, it's not too far-fetched to, to believe that the Giants' defense is, is the best in the league. Um, you know, they're giving up the third-least points per game in the league, the fifth-least rushing yards per game, and they have a lockdown secondary. So, as far as I'm concerned, um, they've been at least the best defense in the second half of the season and probably are the best right now. And, you know, again, singling out on one guy, I'm, I've been so impressed with Landon Collins. He's He made a couple of huge tackles, you know, on third and short um, yesterday that forced the Lions to punt. He's just been fantastic. He has a real nose for the ball, and, you know, he calls a great game at safety. And I just think he's kind of, you know, the, the leader of that defense, and I just think he really makes them, takes them over the top and makes them that best defense. He, he's the best safety in the league, in my opinion, and all pro for sure. I love how Landon Collins gets those short 32, 33 tackles, though, on tight ends, guys that are bigger than him, and usually safeties go low. No, he's going to put his head right into your chest and put you to the ground. Did it to Eric Ebron yesterday and led the team in tackles yet again. Eight total tackles, seven of them solo tackles. He's hard to get past. Let's move on to what went wrong. Let's start with the offense. You know, not much, but we always talk about points. You know, it seemed a little lackluster as well. They were under 20 points yet again. Alex, if they are to make the playoffs, we know that this trend just won't work because you're going to go against some of the best offenses in the league. And granted, the Giants' defense has been playing great, but obviously points are going to be put up on the board. you think if the Giants make the playoffs that their offense will really be the issue there? Uh, I think that, I mean – if, if they end up turning the ball over and not scoring a lot of points, that'll it'll really hurt them. But I think as long as they take care of the ball, I, I think they'll be all right. You know, Odell Beckham, you know, he can, you know, have that one home run player, just that one great play per game. And um, since their defense is so good and just keeps them in the game no matter what, I think they'll I think they'll be fine. And again, as I said, you know, turnovers are huge, and as long as they take care of the ball, I think they'll be fine. And they won't need to, you know, put up, you know, 30 points a game to uh, to win games. I absolutely uh, agree with you on that. I think be, you made a good point in saying being smart with the ball. I think that, obviously, if you're creating turnovers, that's going to just plague the team completely. But if they're smart with the ball, if they're getting their points, you know, getting in the end zone a couple of times, kicking a couple of field goals, and, you know, killing some clock in the process, I think this defense can just clean up most of the work. So, you know, moving on to our next question, you know, do you think that the defense is the heart and soul of this team and that, if they have a bad game, the Giants are completely done for. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's definitely a fair statement to make. I think that this defense uh, has shown over the course of the entire season to be the the the, the, the you know the the mainstay of this team and the the guys that really um you know have an outcome on the, of the game. And I think that you know if they don't play well, they you know they can't keep the Giants' offense in it. If the Giants' offense with the struggles and and if that happens, um, you know, the Giants get down, you know, two, three touchdowns, two, three scores, um, right off the bat, and I think, you know, that that would be insurmountable if their defense isn't playing so well. So I think that the defense is really the key to this team going far. So let's look now at our last point on what went wrong with the offense, and that is the offensive line. Alex made a notion that they did a little bit better, you know, than in the past couple of games, but still, it wasn't a good performance. It was subpar to say the least. We sound like broken records when we talk about this line for sure, but you know, it's not really our fault that we continue to talk about Eric Flowers and John Jerry and how these guys are just not 
doing a good job setting a good pocket for Eli Manning. And it seems that he had to throw off his back foot a lot, and it helps that he has great accuracy. But the offensive line is still struggling. Alex, is there any way to fix it? Or do you think that it's basically inevitable for them to get exploited each game? I think it's pretty much inevitable at this point. Uh, Justin Pree did make, make some nice blocks in the first half, you know, in his first game back since early November against the Eagles. But uh, this line just has so many problems. I don't think they can be corrected. You know, Eric Flowers, again, it, it, I feel like a broken record, as you said, just ripping on him so much. But he mm-hmm. he just looks like more of a bust every week. And he's just, you know, he's, he's the prime example of what's so wrong with this unit. They just, they haven't gelled all season. Their technique, you know, lacking, to say the least. And, you know, teams are just going to continue to exploit them. And I would be doing that if I were opposing teams. So, you know, I don't think there's any hope for this unit at a certain point. You, you make a great point, and we we talk about Eric Flowers a lot in that technique, and you saw yesterday he let up another bad sack. Eli Manning didn't ha- even step uh-huh. back for three seconds, let, let alone, you know, get a nice solid pocket for him to to bounce and look at his his other uh, options out on the field. It has been pretty brutal. So, you know, that brings me to my next point. When Say the Giants get to the playoffs. Obviously, they need one more win. Um, they can absolutely get it done against the Eagles on Thursday. And if not, they can do it against the, the Redskins as well. But if they were to make the playoffs out, do you think that teams will start to blitz more considering that matchup? I mean, you're going, if the playoff picture stays the way it is now and they win, you know, if you think about it, they might have to play the Seahawks who have a great defense, they have great pressure, and they could just blitz and rely on that great secondary to just play man coverage and hope for the best and, you know, pressure Eli Manning. So do you think that once playoff time comes, if the Giants are there, that teams are just going to send the house? Well, absolutely. And, and, you know, if if I was an opposing defensive coordinator, I would try to put as much pressure as I could on this offensive line because they've proven that, you know, they have trouble protecting Eli, especially, especially, you know, when they have pressure. And part of the reason why Eli struggled the past three games was the fact that he really had no time to throw. So if they're able to pressure on the O-line, that's going to force – Eli to hurry his throws, and that'll lead to interceptions and turnovers. And, you know, it's not like the Giants have a run game to fall back on. So, basically, if you can, you know, put pressure on them and affect the pass game, you know, you pretty much already won and rendered this offense useless to a certain extent. Well put. Now let's move on to what went wrong on the defense. Not anything at all, except for one little thing in Janoris Jenkins. Obviously, he didn't return after taking a knee from Trevin Wade to his back when they were both going for a ball. Alex, he says the test came back negative and that he is fined. Uh, fine, excuse me, not fined. Fine. But let's say he cannot return Thursday against the Eagles. What kind of loss would that be to this giant secondary? Well, it's it's a big loss. You know, he's he's been that you know that lockdown corner who can shut down any star receiver he faces. Such you know, as, as, just just like he saw us. Saw just like we saw him do to Des Bryant. Um, however, I think Eli Apple could kind of assume that role since he's improved so much. And you know, the, the Landon Collins Leon Hall combination at safety has proven to be game changing, a game changing component of the Giants' secondary. So I think, I mean, it would be a huge loss, obviously, but I think the Giants have the pieces to kind of make up for that. But you know, if I were Jenkins, I w- or the Giants, I wouldn't even play Jenkins on Thursday. Uh, it's a short week. Get ready for. The playoffs, um, which they haven't clinched yet, but I assume they'll make it in. And I just don't think – I think the Giants can win even if they don't – against the Eagles, even if they don't have Jenkins playing on Thursday night. 
I, I do agree with you, only because you saw in the second half, you still held the Lions to six points. You held Matt Stafford, who was a yeah. throw-first quarterback, to just six points, and obviously he wasn't exploited that much. So I absolutely agree with you. If he's still hankering a little bit, sit him down, give him that rest, have him ready when you absolutely need him. We have about five minutes left in the show, and Alex and I kind of want to talk about special teams a little bit. We haven't brought up Brad Wing a lot at all this season, and I feel like he's been a little bit underappreciated. But yesterday, and in games before, he has showed off that big left boot that he's got. He averaged 42.6 yards a kick yesterday, two inside the 20, and they weren't just inside the 20. They were inside the five as well. Great job of pinning. Alex, how, how have you liked Brad Wing all season long? I think he's done a phenomenal job. He has been, you know, he's he's the reigning NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, and he's he's really just done a great job of, you know, giving the Giants great field position, really flipping the field. As you said, two punts inside the 20 yesterday, averaging 42.6 yards per punt. He's got a big leg, and he's really just, you know, put a lot of pressure on opposing offenses who have to start inside, you know, inside their own five, yet alone inside their own 20. So I think he's been a valuable asset for this team, and he'll continue to be so in the playoffs where field position is a huge factor. Now let's move on to the guy that catches the punts and kicks in Dwayne Harris. Also, Odo Beckham Jr. getting a little bit of time in there as well. Alex, how great is it to have a guy, say, like Dwayne Harris, who is prototypically your special teams guy, and he's known to you know, be a nuisance, returning punts, returning kicks. Haven't heard really a lot from him throughout the season, but still, when he makes the playoffs, you know, anything can happen. A big play can break out. And Dwayne Harris has been known to do it. Well, I, I just have so much respect for him. He's he's really Mr. Reliable back um, back there. He's he's a guy that you know you know it's not a flashy job returning punts. It's pretty dangerous, but you know it's not flashy. But he doesn't mind doing yep. it. He's he's really good at you know you think he's going to make a fair catch when um you know opposing gunners are are um, breathing in on him, but you know he'll make the catch and he'll get an extra ten yards instead of just you know taking the ball of where he catches it. And that can, that's a big deal, those extra five or ten yards. And just the fact that yesterday, you know, he um, he was going to receive a punt and um, it looked like he was going to, you know, bounce onto the five or at least be caught by a Detroit Lions gunner. But he ended up, I believe, you know, blocking the, the gunner out of the way and allow, allowed the ball to uh, roll into the end zone. So that was a big, big um, play in the game where instead of starting inside the five, the Giants offense was able to start on the 20. Absolutely agree with you on that, and I like that you brought up he's a smart returner, not just a guy that goes for that flashy play, which sometimes turns out to create turnovers. But let's go to our last segment of the show. As always, our winners, our losers of the Giants and Lions matchup. Alex, you start first. Give me your winners on both sides of the ball. Well, Eli Manning is a big winner for me, of course. You know, first game uh, in three games, throwing for over 200 yards, really kept um, took good care of the ball, no turnovers, which is a huge uh, deal for me. Anyway, Odell Beckham Jr., fantastic one-handed catch. Um, that was really a game-clinching touchdown. The Giants were up 10-6, to but that extra seven points really put it at, um, out of the reach of Detroit, especially since Detroit has shown, you know, a penchant for coming back, you know, and um, mm-hmm. making late-quarter comebacks. Um, Brad Wing, two punts inside the 20, an average of 42.6 yards per punt, as we just talked about. And the defense, you know, it was their third third consecutive game with an interception, a forced fumble, and a sack. And I just think that as long as they continue to create turnovers, they're uh, they're really going to help the Giants um, make a run in the playoffs. 
Absolutely agree with you on all those. I'm going to add Paul Perkins to that winner's list for me. I think he did a great job in his 11 carries, 56 yards, averaging about five yards a carry. Loved what I saw from him, and hopefully he can get more touches later. And we talked about Landon Collins. Led the team in tackles with eight, seven solo tackles, and he's just been a beast roaming around that safety position. So, Alex, on to your losers, and then we'll close this one up. Well, Matt Stafford is my first loser. You know, he's been great all season, and he still threw for a bunch of yards yesterday, but, again, one interception, no touchdowns to the Giants. Secondary was able to, you know, limit the amount of damage he did. And then Zach Zenner, the, um, one of the backup running backs who was forced to starting role um, without Theo Riddick playing yesterday, he, you know, had a really costly fumble uh, where the Lions looked like they were going to score. Um, Leon Hall um, knocked the ball out of out of his hands, and, of course, the Giants recovered it in their end zone side. So I think that that was a big momentum changer, and if they had scored, who knows what would have happened. Another running back for the Giants is going to add to my loser list, though. Shane Vereen had some limited time, got a couple of catches, but, again, needs to get that ball tucked in high and tight. Another fumble from him almost cost the Giants their field position. But either way, Giants coming out with the victory. We don't mind. They get the 10 victories, as we said, first time since 2010 in double digits. Make sure to check out the GiantsBeatOnScout.com. Giants do play on Thursday, so Alex and I will try to come back Wednesday for a preview show, and hopefully we can preview what is going to be a win for the Giants and hopefully clinch that playoff berth. For Alex Evans, I'm Scott Thompson. We'll see you next time, and as always, go Giants.